The Chicago dog is the best version of a hot dog, which, yes, is a sandwich. Topped to the brim with fillings, the Chicago dog takes full advantage of the medium. From the pickle, to the peppers, to the tomato, to the mustard, everything plays a role, and all of the ingredients come together in perfect harmony. Or, the Chicago dog diminishes the true value of the hot dog, pure simplicity. By overstuffing the hot dog sandwich with toppings, the new creation isn't neat, it isn't mobile, and frankly, it isn't worth it. Give me ketchup and mustard all day long and send this second-class dog back to the second city. Who's right? Let's find out. This week on our ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich, the Chicago dog. Is it affordable, ethical, is it healthy and clean? Is it first aid appropriate, even though he's married? Is the origin true? Does it matter to me? All that really matters is celebrities. Joe will pick a sandwich now. It's his religion to figure it out. He ate the food. He'll rate. He'll choose. Will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now. Dan, here we are. We're about to do this exciting live drawing and talk about a hot dog. I can't wait. This is going to be a great episode. Of all of the Dan Picks episodes, this is the one I'm most excited about. Uh, The local time for all of those people listening to this podcast where it will not be this time. It's 9.53 p.m. So we, as part of our ongoing contest for to give away the official Joe Picks a Sandwich cutting board for which all future sandwiches will be put on for to await their judgment, we are going to spin the contest wheel at 10 p.m. in seven minutes. It's super exciting. Now, uh, let's just, before we do that, let's just make sure to set the stage for the wheel spin. I have to add one more person. So Tony postmarked his entry with the, the Amazon... Uh, receipt, and then I did receive a text message from him today with Pam holding the book. So I'm so, adding. So Pam is the entry. Pam is the entry. So now, the the contest wheel for people listening to this now. This is. I mean, you were rough. It was rough that you were not going to let Pam in just based on the receipts. I mean, Pam, who just who just gave birth, you're gonna you're you're gonna cut her out. Well, we we literally talked about this on the last podcast. We said you could if. For those last second entries, you could get your trademark in, but you still had to verify yourself with the book. Otherwise, Joe, people could they could buy it and then immediately return it or something. You know, we uh, this contest is but no like uh, no special dispensation for someone who like literally created life. Come on. Well, I don't know what dispensation means, but no, there are no exceptions in this contest. <laughs> this is this is huge. This is the cutting board. Every single podcast episode. For the entire history of this series, which, as we know, we're already the longest-running sandwich podcast in history, it is going to either be on Superfan J, Mark Twain, CSO Quinn 11, or Pam, their cutting board. That's it for the entire history of this podcast, or the okay, future, now, not the history. <laughs> now, why am I not in this contest, Dan? You're a member of the podcast. You're a co-host of the podcast. I bought the book. I posted a picture. I mean... Show me where in the official rules it says that I can't can't also win the cutting board. The official rules we talked about on the podcast for the last two weeks. We just said that was part of the rules. 
you should have brought it up back then. I mean, I assume that you would make a special dispensation for me. No, no dispensation. What have you done to earn it? So Pam has given birth. What have you done? I gave birth to this podcast. <laughs> Did you? Well, I mean, not. I mean, you know, it's like it, it takes two to make a podcast. It, it, it definitely does take two. I feel like I give birth to them because every week we sort of record them. I mean, you're very much like the male in this situation. You do your part for like, I don't know, an hour or something. Then I go back. I have to Ooh. slavingly edit it for hours and hours and hours, and then I have to put it up on the internet. I deliver it to the internet, if you will. I mean, Dan, an hour. Let's not go crazy here. <laughs> Come on. Four more minutes until the official drawing. So how about this? Here. I, as, as part of delivering this, you know, I also know, like, we, in our, each trimester of the podcast, what uh, things we're supposed to do. So let's change subject briefly, and let's do a four-minute segment, Joe, the Champions League final this Saturday. Your Tottenham Hotspur playing the <sighs> Liverpool. What what are they? The Reds. Uh, the Liverpool Liverpoolians. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> are they a thing? No, no, no. Yeah, no. I think that. Yeah, the Reds. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so Liverpool, a little bit heavily favored. <laughs> a little bit heavily favored. I don't know what they are. They're probably heavily favored to some degree. Joe, what are you going to do? How are you going to watch this? Are you going to? Are you taking a leave from your family? Are you going to some sort of secluded location? I mean, it's hard because there's two very, very nice soccer bars near me, but one of them is owned by an Arsenal fan, oh, and no. the other one is owned by the same person. So, <laughs> so the problem is, like, I don't know what kind of reception. I've always been like kind of a low key Tottenham fan when I go there, but obviously, like, I need to be all decked out for this game. Yeah. Um, I also might have the children with me. So I think I have to, uh, so I think I'm going to go to my friend's house. He's going to set up his TV outside in his backyard, which he did for the world cup. He has a big TV and we're going to watch it and we're going to drink and I will be in a safe environment. He has three kids. I have three kids. They'll be running around occupying each other and I can watch the game. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your wife has, we talked about this before, but for your entire life, for your entire history in life as a sports fan i mean you've been a tottenham fan for what 15 years or something yeah like 12 years or so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for your entire life as a sports fan this game on saturday is by far the biggest game any team you follow has ever been in yeah no 100 percent. no team i've ever followed has ever made a final of anything i mean the padres were in the world series but it was the chargers really made before... one super bowl the Chargers were in the Super Bowl in 94, but that was really like before I was in a like huge Charger fan. I mean, I, I remember it being in San Diego, being excited about it, but I, I was a kid, you know? They lost um, by like 50 points, too. Yeah, the 49ers scored 49 points. It, it was not good. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so that wasn't great. Uh, and then the, you know, Padres made the World Series, but that, that was like. I was not really like following the the Padres all that much, you know, at the time. But then I've been a fan of of both teams for a long time after that, in you know, and Tottenham Hotspur and other teams too. And none of them have ever, you know, won, you know, the big game ever. But they haven't even made a final in the last twenty, thirty years or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I guess the yeah the Padres World Series was in the nineties, yeah. and yeah, and then the the Chargers Super Bowl is in the nineties. So yeah, it has been. A rough 20-plus years for you, 
And I just and so the event is happening, and you still have to watch your three children. Yeah, I mean it's it's pending. The jury's out, but next week when we talk, we'll know the outcome. Yeah, I mean it is possible. That they, I mean, it, it seems unfathomable, but it's possible that they could win the Champions League. That's fucking crazy to win their first ever trophy in like you know probably the same time span. Yeah, but it would be the Champions League final. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Could we take a week off from the podcast if they win? Uh, I mean, I would, except I'll want to talk about it. Well, okay, if they win, we need to throw out whatever we're doing next week and do some sort of Tottenham-based sandwich. Yes, we will come up with a Tottenham-themed sandwich, and and, and that's all we'll talk about in right. the episode. But now, look. It's, Fair enough. We, Great bantering, great work, great vamping. Oh, good. It, oh, look, it's 10 o'clock. It's 10 p.m. What, Just came uh, up what's on the us. website? JoePicksPod.com slash contest wheel. I don't know if anybody's watching this right now, but if they are, uh, tell me when you're on there. Hold on, hold on. Contest. Just so we have a witness. Contest Custom. wheel. Do, do you need me to spell it out for you? Oh, I can see. There's, there's 14 people watching right now. <laughs> Website does not have that functionality. I don't know if anybody's watching right now, but this is it. This this wheel has never been spun before, so this is going to be a virgin spin. And this is it. You ready? But well, after the spin, though, I mean, people should still buy the book, right? Yeah, if they want, whatever. I mean, of all the podcasts to do this week, I mean, the Chicago Dog is really actually intricately linked to like this book. It's it's going to be great. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Do you see it? I'm watching. Does it say it's spinning? It's been upcoming. Now it's spinning. I thought you were going to make it go for like half an hour. And the winner is... Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Superfan Jay. <sighs> Superfan Jay. Congratulate. He's been here from the start. He's been here from the start. He has those horse shows. So, I mean... He must be very interested in this. I mean, like, cows and horses are like, you know, cousins-ish. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, slow down a second. Cows and horses are like cousins-ish. I don't think that's true at all. They're like like farm cousins. You know what I mean. Yeah, okay, they're both on the farm, I guess. But, like, they're more cousins than, like, a duck and a pig. Wait, but why does a cow have anything to do with this cutting board? Because it's for Red Meat Republic, Dan. Well, it's for our podcast. The Red Meat Republic just happened to be how to enter the contest. I'm just saying Jay's going to enjoy the book more than other people. Yeah, that, well, he's going to love it. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Good work, Joe. Good work. I was actually, as you were talking, I was having an existential crisis because you know when they do those other contests and they're like, no purchase necessary? I think we might have actually like broken federal law by requiring a purchase to enter the contest. Yes, proof of purchase required. <laughs> Crap. All right, well, whatever. But we did say void where prohibited. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That covers all our bases. So so, so if it wasn't any legal contest, it was just void everywhere. <laughs> you know what? There was no contest. No. Sorry, Jay. We'll send you a cutting board as a consolation prize. Yeah, well, he yeah, he just gets the cutting board out of the goodness of our heart. Super fan, Jay. Congratulations! You are now the the owner of the official Joe picks a sandwich cutting board. So, so I'm you going just have to, to come to San Francisco and pick it up. 
and it's all yours. <laughs> Got to ride in, ride over here. It's all yours. Next time the horse show rolls into town. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the man. Ro- Is your cutting board going to be good for cutting that sweet horse meat? It's it's going to be great for cutting horse meat. You know, the end grain cutting board is great because as the horse juices seep out, they yes. actually sort of get t- taken away in the cutting board. So you can really accurately cut that into those those classic horse meat slices that everybody expects. Yep. 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 You know, the ankle piece. The shank bone. Oh, you got to have the shank bone. Yeah. The the main section. Oh, oh yeah. Some juicy main meat. <laughs> like it doesn't get much better than that. That's good. It would be a weird animal to eat because it's got that such a long neck. Yeah, I think I think the neck is all like the garbage meat. That's like you 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 know you grind that up into horse sausage. <laughs> well, the perfect uh, perfect segue into this, this week's episode about the hot dog. I mean, it is interesting. So, what chapter of the book are you at right now? Uh, I just started chapter three. I'm I'm sort of like twenty pages or like like. Five pages into chapter three. So we are at exactly the same location. So I am I'm basically like five pages into chapter three. And we're basically we're at the point in the book where it's like all roads are leading to Chicago. Yep. And yep. it's very clear that Chicago and the meat packers that are there are sort of becoming in the book, but of course this happened, you know, a hundred years ago, it's becoming the, the the heart of the entire beef industry. The whole the whole corporate ranching institution is dead it's it's dead all it power has shifted to the meat packers i mean joe that's what happens when you try to turn nature into a profit center you know it just nature's unpredictable joe well I, well I, I mean i don't know how how much you want to turn this podcast into a book club but wasn't josh's point that that was like not really the case that's like the oversimplification of it that it was just like any market that has a bubble and the bubble burst well, I think it was it was two points. The one thing that he said, and this is okay. We're like uh, we're like when Josh comes on to like tease his book, where he just drops like a few of the the key points or whatever. But I think what you're saying is actually is absolutely right, which is that ev- they blamed you know oh nature or yeah it was this, these blizzards but- or the grass or you know like over overstocking or whatever yeah. Yeah. But they were obviously just one crisis away. And it, if it wasn't the blizzard, it would have been something else. They were selling this ultra-optimistic case of how, boy, cattle are these unbelievable thing. You feed them. They eat grass, which is available for free. They reproduce for free. You don't have to do anything. But then the reality is, like, there are all sorts of problems with that. The part that I found the most interesting is that there's if you actually kept track of your cattle. So like nobody actually knew how many cattle they had. Right. Cause I like, know. how could you, but it's, it's really interesting that if you wanted to make the most amount of profit, you basically had to just not keep track of your cattle at all because it costs money to keep track of your cattle. It costs money to have people round up your cattle and count them. So in order to make the most money, you sort of just had to let your cattle roam wherever they wanted, do whatever they wanted. But then, of course, if you're just letting your cattle roam wherever they want, you have no idea how many of them you are. You're leaving yourself wide open to, like, people stealing your cattle or, you know, blizzards wiping out your whole flock yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super interesting, uh, the the whole counting thing and how they just have these, like, weird ways of estimating. Like, well, we think we have this many cows. Yeah, yeah. And – but, like, I – I thought what was interesting about chapter two and the whole and the whole collapse of the range marketplace was that like you could basically take the story and replace it for like 
the dot com bubble bursting or the real yep. estate market, you know, that basically it was these overinflated values that weren't based on anything real. Yep. Um, that were sort of like self perpetuating because I like the part where he talks about part of the reason why the why the value of cattle was so inflated was because so many people were starting new ranchers because of the inflated value of cattle. Yep, so they're yep. just basically selling to each other. Yep. Um, and and then, somebody, you start a new ranch, the first thing you need, you need some cattle. Well, you got to buy it from somebody. Right. And then they sell it to you for an inflated price. And then boom. And then there was this blizzard. And then like a few companies go bust. So they start selling their cattle at cut rate. And then like, then just the bottom falls out of the market because there was no actual value there. Yeah, yeah. It's just super interesting. <laughs> I mean, the part that I found still the most interesting is that it's like in order to sell your cattle at, at you know, at this point, the major meatpacking plants are in Chicago. And at some point, this will actually segue into the podcast. But you take your cattle by train to Chicago. By the time you get to Chicago, if you're saying, hey, I'm selling my cattle for this much and the, the meatpacker says, yeah, we'll take half of that. You can't. It's really hard to say oh, yeah. no, and then <laughs> take your cattle by train all yeah, the way exactly. back to the thing. You know, so you, the, just the fact that all of the the meat processing was in this one centralized location, or or in maybe even more locations, but still, this like centralized places really far away from the ranges, it put the people selling the cattle in such a tough position because in order to actually sell your cattle, you have to transport them, totally. and the. And transporting them is just super hard and super expensive. So you, you really, it's, I mean, raising cattle seems like uh, really just terrible business. Uh, well, next week we'll talk about chapter three. Yeah. Well, I wish I had read more about chapter three because it's, it's very interesting that we're talking about this week a hot dog and specifically the Chicago hot dog. And, and, and when, I ate an all beef hot dog. I don't know about you. I did as well. And the Chicago hot dog is actually normally made with all beef because the purveyor of this or the first company that really, well, most Chicago hot dog, the Chicago hot dog was made in Chicago. And I'll get into that a little more in the history section. But the main hot dog that was put in there was like a Vienna all beef hot dog. And I have absolutely no doubt a company based in Chicago. And I have absolutely no doubt the reason this company existed and the company was founded in the late 1890s. And I have no doubt there's just an offspring of the fact that all of this this market for these uh, meat processing plants is springing up in Chicago. And if you, hey, if you want to make all beef hot dogs, no place better to be than right next to the meat packing plants where you can just buy that like low quality, whatever excess meat or whatever the hell they make hot dogs out of. You're just right there and boom. And that's like the hot dog became popular because of these Chicago places that made these hot dogs. And then the Chicago dog was sort of um, an addition on that based on the fact that if you were in Chicago, you could get hot dogs really easily, which wasn't the case lots of other places. Because if you didn't have beef processing nearby, you probably didn't have anybody making these hot dogs. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because uh, like the hot dog itself is sort of like solving a problem of like, well, we kill all these cows and like the flank stick went here, the the fillet went here, like like all these different cuts. And then you're like, well, and we have some entrails left over yeah. and like and the hooves and you know and 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 like it makes sense that like the hot dog be like, well let's fucking make it into a hot dog. You know, yeah, like yeah. Uh, grind it up, do whatever the hell they do. Yeah. Yeah. So so I I feel like it makes sense that you would that like that would be a food that would emanate from the place where that was a, a like an acute problem. Like we have this extra stuff here. Yep. Yep. 
And, uh, you know, let's, before we jump right into the, the history, and I want to talk more about it, and talk specifically about the, the Chicago hot dog, which is obviously a much more complicated hot dog than just the hot dog itself. But, Joe, I want to start with, I, and I'm actually interested because I don't know this. I know your family, you are big hot dog consumers. I know my sister eats hot dogs, likes hot dogs. I'm wondering if you could talk about your history with the hot dog, and then if you have any specific history with the Chicago-style hot dog. Well, so first of all, first of all, I want to say, have we talked on the podcast about my history of this like question of is a hot dog a sandwich? Okay, if, if we want to even start there, let's do it. Hold on. Hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I'm going to do a, a fast lunch pail. Here we go. We're going to do the lunch pail at the beginning now. Because let's just introduce this topic now. Because I'm sure lots of our fans are thinking about it. This is from Fanwitch Sean. Fanwitch Sean, the same person who e- emailed us a few weeks ago about the sandwich draft. He says, our enemies at the takeout are back again regarding the hot dog the bastards have done it again dozens of celebrities for the bing search category he says he links to the takeout is a sandwich a hot dog and here's what you got the takeout.com i'm going to send you the link so you can become as irate as possible they have taken they have stolen this from you because they now have started this. I don't know when they started this. It looks like they started this uh, maybe six months ago or something. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, Dan. Uh, okay, I'm still going back. Okay, here we go. Here's the first one. Yes, the first one was um, eight months ago. So they go to celebrities and they get them on some sort of stupid, you know, celebrity camera and then they ask them. Is a sandwich a hot dog? Then the celebrity gives some dumb answer, and then they post it on their website. And they've done this for, it, it looks like, somewhere between, yeah, maybe 30 celebrities. And just for an example, we've got Roger Federer, pretty good get, Kristen Schaal, Meredith Vieira, Fred Savage, Paul Giamatti. So these aren't, you know, they're not asking, like, George I mean, Clooney. That's like but, a legitimate list, though. Yeah, that's no, pretty no, good. This that's is, pretty this good. Is, these are absolutely legitimate pretty lists. Good. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, and then they've got some people that I have no idea who they are. But the point is, this is a thing that Takeout.com does. And again, we didn't even know about this when we started our beef with them. No pun intended. But Joe, please, please explain how the Takeout.com has stolen again. Okay, so I know that this idea of like asking is a hot dog a sandwich is something that uh, is very popular right now. Like it's a it's an ongoing debate, and. It's actually why I think that I'm a good sandwich podcaster because I actually I invented that debate, and and you were and you were actually there for it, Dan. I don't know if you remember this or not. You were there the first time this came up, and this was long before it was popular. This was, I mean, well over a decade. I mean, it was probably no, it, it was definitely more than it was probably 16 years ago or so. We were in San Diego for Passover. Do you remember this at all, Dan? I, I mean, I know, I remember very vividly our debates about what is a sport. <laughs> okay, no, no. So this was, it was the same Passover that, that you and me and your sister uh, rode segways around the wild animal park. So if we can timestamp that, that was when this debate first happened. Oh, I remember that. And um, my sister, she crashed into the bushes. She did. She did. She said she'd have no problem riding the okay. segway. 
So what happened was, you know, on Passover, you're supposed to give up bread. This was before we had kids, obviously. Uh, and we were down in San Diego for Passover and you were visiting. <laughs> and Liz said, well, I don't care about that rule. And I was like, well, I'm going to give up bread. And she was like, well, how about this? I'll give up sandwiches. So she said that she was not going to eat sandwiches for, for eight days. The eight days of Passover. When everyone else is giving up leavened bread, she's not eating sandwiches. Okay. We're at the Wild Animal Park doing our Wild Animal Park thing. We're hanging out. And I like go to the bathroom and I like come out and I walk around the corner and Liz is eating a hot dog. And I was like, what the hell? You said you weren't going to eat sandwiches. And she's like, a hot dog isn't a sandwich, which thus started the whole debate. Now, Oh, my goodness. And we debated this for years and years. Now, here's how I know that I actually started it. Not just like, like of course, like, it's not like, what you know, it's, it's, it's. There's lots of people that say like, oh, that, that invention was my idea. It's like, well, yeah, you had that idea, but so did someone else, obviously, and they just actually did it. Yeah, yeah. Here's why I know I started this national trend of asking this question. So in my job, uh, you know, I have a job that's like somewhat political or working for a union, and we always ask questions to candidates when they come in for interviews. Um, and you, you ask, obviously, the point is to ask very serious questions about like, their outlook on life, but you always want to keep it light too, because you're trying to build relationships. You're trying to like, you know, you want candidates to know that you're a human being and you also want to like, to a degree, you want to see how they think and like their thought process. And like, um, so for years we would ask every candidate that would come to our union amongst other questions, uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? So that means that they were like, you know, Hundreds of people in like semi-prominent positions that then go out into the world and they probably say like, oh, what an interesting question this was. And so that's how I know. And like, I'm sure if you went back and tracked like the like the like the, the etymology of that question being asked, I'm sure it like generates out of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm positive of it. Well, first of all, I think you're right. I mean – I know that you're right in the sense that I don't think this question, like, obviously right now this question is so trendy, or maybe even, like, it's Jump the Shark if the takeout.com is, like, doing a segment about it. Totally. But it's it, it became a trendy question, like, maybe, like, three years ago or something. And if I understand correctly, you stopped asking it because of this, right? Yeah, because now it's just, like, now it's a question that everyone asks. Yeah. Now I like to ask if um, if cereal is breakfast soup. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to devote an entire episode to that. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe we'll have to have an offshoot podcast of, you know, Joe picks the existential questions of, of mankind. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I actually, I, I really want to go, I, I think I'm going to do a deep dive into this and see if I can actually isolate this. Because I think, I think with the right research, the entomology of it could be narrowed down to like, a specific area of the country and it look if it's the pacific northwest like you got it or or if it's san diego if somebody overheard this conversation all that time ago because if those segues we're in close close proximity to one another i mean isn't fan josh a a food historian i mean this should be the topic of his next book wow i mean it's on trend yeah yeah, the history of the is a hot dog a sandwich debate. Well, I think Josh hasn't gotten back to us about every 
episode, we always pose him like 10 historical questions, and he just doesn't answer any of them. I think he only listens to his segment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, doesn't surprise me. He's very vain. Very vain. (laughs) Very vain. I mean, yeah, he put his own first name on the front of his book. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Uh, All right. So look, look, look. I invented the question. So look, my history with the sandwich or with the hot dog is obviously I think it's a sandwich. I've eaten hot dogs all the time. I love hot dogs. We're a hot dog eating family. And we're also like, we are, we are a very opinionated topping of our hot dog family. Like we're not just like put whatever on it. Like we have lots of thoughts about what should go on our hot dogs, um, which, you know, I'll get into in a bit. And uh, I also invented the is a hot dog a sandwich debate. I have yes. eaten Chicago hot dogs many times in my life. I have eaten a Chicago hot dog in Chicago, too. Yes. Um, which I think is a vitally important experience Absolutely. Uh, for this hot dog. And I made one at home this week for the first time. I've never, I've never made it at home. So there wow. you go. So for the my first history. time, you have surpassed me because I did not make one at home. But uh, – so I, like my sister, I mean, maybe we came from a hot dog family, but I really, like, when we would do our backyard barbecues, my sister and I, like, you know, you could barbecue burgers, you could barbecue steaks. It's like, screw all that. Give me the Hebrew National hot dogs. Like, to me, a good, like, charred hot dog on the barbecue is, like, my favorite, favorite thing, you know? And you could yeah. eat so many hot dogs. Like, that's, like, obviously, hot dogs are, like, an eating contest thing where people eat, like, 70 of them. But, like... You know, you if you're hungry, like you can plow down like two or three hot dogs, no problem, which is fun. I like things that you can eat in that kind of quantity. Totally. But the Chicago hot dog. So I think my true love affair with the Chicago hot dog has started recently when a hot dog shop moved in to a street that's like three blocks from where I am. It's called Dapper Dog. They make you know gourmet hot dogs, and having tried like. 10 of their different hot dog varieties, I sort of honed in on the Chicago dog as my favorite dog that they make and probably my favorite hot dog of all the hot dogs. So I really actually get a Chicago dog every single week. Wow. Which is, wow. I, and I do it at the same time. So I go, I have bowling league on Thursdays. I bike to bowling. I go bowling. I bike home. It's about 1230. That By the time I get home, everything is closed. And then I go to the hot dog store, which is open late night. I get a Chicago dog. I bike home, I eat the Chicago dog, I go to sleep. It's great. I do it every Thursday. Now, a lot of people like write about how unhealthy the Chicago dog is, and we'll get into that a little more. So maybe I shouldn't be eating once a week, but it's really, of all the sandwiches I have, this is ever since the Sub Shack moved away. Like when the Sub Shack was here, I would have like a, some sort of turkey sandwich variant at least once a week. But since they're gone, this is the sandwich I have most common by far. I know that this isn't the purpose of our podcast, and we said we weren't going to do this, but, I mean, you do agree that it's a sandwich, right? I I mean, I don't – I think it's not in the scope of this podcast, but I think arguing was a taco a sandwich was a real stretch because (laughs) with a taco, there's just – there's no bread. And, like, a taco can't exist without bread. So I think that's a stretch. Here, again, it could be – I understand the arguments on both sides of it, but to me, it's like the, uh, you know, this is going to get, I'm really going into dumb territory here, Joe, but I'm I'm doing it. The abortion debate, which is a hot debate right now. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm wading into this. Oh, a mistake people make in the abortion debate is...
yada, yada, yada. To me on the hot dog thing, I think there are good arguments on both sides of it to be made, but I there's just no way I just there's no way somebody could say a hot dog isn't a sandwich. Like I just it's not like 100%. So to me, it's, it's at worst a coin flip. And because of that, it's just like, you know, uh, uh, th- for the purpose of this podcast, like I don't see any reason why a- any further thought needs to be given other than it's it's obviously a completely acceptable thing to be considered as a sandwich for our podcast. Okay. I am, for the record, not agreeing with your abortion hot take. <laughs> should, should I just... Should I just say the word abortion and then bleep the yes. next like 45 bleep it all, seconds all out because because i'm not i'm not agreeing by uh by what's it called there's no tacit agreement here all right i'm just gonna go back and make 45 <laughs> seconds of bleep. perfect perfect okay great anyways um and uh so to to what you have said before i have also had a chicago dog in chicago you know one thing i love doing i absolutely absolutely love a hot dog cart when i am in new york like people are like oh my god how are you eating these hot dogs out of these carts every time i'm in new york i probably average three hot dogs a day every time i'm there because you're just hungry and you just there's always a cart nearby and it's just the perfect thing to eat and you know the chicago dog's a little different because it's a bit of a heavier dog and chicago dogs are like the new york um cart is it's a very like small quick you know it's the kind of hot dog you could pound at, like, Coney Island. The Chicago dog, you know, when you, they're bigger hot dogs, obviously there are a lot more toppings on it. It's not the type of thing you can just eat while walking around Central Park. You know, it's it sort of takes a little more effort. It's a but, full meal, yeah. But yeah. I, I love it. I love a hot dog cart. I love getting a hot dog at a hot dog cart. I mean, if I, like, if I go to Chicago or the next time I go to Chicago, whenever that is, like, there's a 100% chance I'm getting a Chicago dog out of a street cart. You know, no, no doubt about it. As you should. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, I mean, both of us have a long history with the hot dog. I think both a pretty current history with the hot dog. And I'm, I, and I'm very excited when we get into the regular rotation to talk about you actually making the hot dog. So that's going to be fun. But before that, let's get in a little bit into the history of this Chicago dog. I can't now, wait to learn about it. Now, I could have gone into the history of the hot dog, which is very interesting. But I'm going to save that just in case we do an episode devoted just to the hot dog or even maybe a future Sandwich Lab episode devoted to the hot dog because obviously there's so much there. So for now, I'm just going to focus on the Chicago dog. And this comes from DiningChicago.com, but I did sort of verify what they're, everything written here, and I stand by it 100%. So the uh, by most accounts, the Chicago hot dog had its origins in the Great Depression when greengrocer Jake Drexler decided his 18-year-old son, local sports hero, Abe Fluky Drexler, needed an occupation. Well, maybe they are editorializing a little bit because they seem to know an awful lot about, <laughs> the, about the machinations of these people's mindset like yeah. 100 years yeah. ago. They're really delving into <laughs> intent. Yeah. <laughs> And they were having a conversation by the light pole back at 4 p.m. in 1919. Um, but anyways, in uh, 1929, so it's the Great Depression, or the Great Depression starting, and Drexler, he has a, a street vegetable cart. And he said, these vegetables aren't selling. Nobody wants vegetables in the Great Depression. You know, 
you you can't have that roughage in the Great Depression. You got to focus all your energy on on nutritious protein. So they said, we got to convert this vegetable stand into a hot dog stand. But what do you do? He's got all these, you know, he's got his whole vegetable supply chain. So he says, how about this? Let's take hot dogs. Uh, as I said, a new, relatively new invention. The, the hot dog came out in the late 1800s. You know, I won't delve too much in the history, but the hot dog comes out in the late 1800s and Chicago is absolutely the center of the, the hot dog world in the U.S. The hot dogging world, sure. The hot sure. dogging world. So this, the concept of selling a hot dog in Chicago, you know, if, the, if you're converting your street cart into selling some sort of street food and you're in Chicago, like a hot dog would be a real common thing you'd, you'd think about choosing. But then he says, well, we've got this vegetable cart. Why don't we just stuff this hot dog with vegetables? So they take the hot dog. They start putting, apparently at the time, it was cucumbers, which eventually turned into the, the pickles the pickle, of the day. Right. But put fresh tomatoes on there, put some celery salt on there. And then it's a hit. Everybody loves it. You know, it's this new, exciting thing, the hot dog, but it's got all these vegetables on it. It's huge. So then this uh, hot dog stand turns into a a chain called Fluckies, Flukies, probably Flukies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, that makes more sense. Yeah, it's the name of the guy. And this chain spread far and wide and became quite a popular chain. Now, the uh, chain has, has now, I believe there's actually... The chain only has one current um, store left, which is inside of a Walmart somewhere in Chicago. But oh, that's depressing. the chain used to spread far and wide. And, um, you know, so invented in Chicago, invented in, you know, the late 1920s, maybe early 1930s, came about, you know, much in the, for all we know, it's very similar to the other things where... You know, somebody like delivered a hot dog and the guy just dropped it in his like pile of vegetables. And then, you know, well, this is a much more I mean, I I appreciate this story because it's a much more um, like obviously truthful story than the things falling into other things category of like like it's like a legitimate just like supply chain problem. Like, well, this is what we have. So let's put it all together. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like, I mean. This is probably where all the other sandwiches were invented, where the made-up stories were, where it just was like somebody had an extra, you know, they just had the ingredients on hand, they mixed them together, and then it was good. And then that's and that's why it <laughs> right, took off. Right. Exactly. So Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, look, look, I, I like this history. It's it's a, you know, good bit like what I imagined. And, um, you know, it also makes sense. I'm going to say seven and a half out of ten. Seven and a half out of ten. Wow. Great score. Yeah, great score. I mean, much like last week, my self-esteem is very much tied into the Chicago <laughs> dog. Uh, so that's good. I was happy with when it was like a, a legitimate history. So, and, and good for that guy inventing it because it does. At, at first, it does seem like sort of an odd pairing, but you know, now it's so like iconic. I don't think anybody would be surprised to see it. And and then, you know, just like the hot dog place I go to, they have twenty five dogs and they have all sorts of things like they have a uh, they have a banh mi dog they have a kimchi dog they have just have all sorts of weird things but you know kudos for this guy for, for you know for uh mixing the vegetables up coming up with that but now joe this is a big one and this one i'm very interested in could the sandwich be in your regular rotation where we look at prep availability and health so joe you made this at home what what was that like? 
Well, I mean, what's interesting about it is that so I like made like the version of it that you would make at home, right? So I didn't have um, like according to my online sources and the one that I got at a restaurant too. Um, you're supposed to have like a poppy seed bun. I I obviously didn't have that, so we we're yes. throwing out the poppy seed bun. This was just a regular hot dog bun, but. Other than that, I mean, it's more or less all ingredients that I have in the house. Like we keep onions in the house. Yeah. We keep mustard in the house. We keep pickles in the house. We keep relish in the house. We keep um, those little like uh, banana peppers in the house. Wow. So, so it was all stuff that we that I had on hand. We even keep we even buy diced onions. We didn't even have to cut the onion up. It was perfect. Wow. wow. So in terms of, of of availability, it actually like for being a multi ingredient hot dog. It wasn't that hard for me to make it at home. And we're obviously making hot dogs pretty regularly at home. Um, so it wasn't so bad. In terms of, of availability, there's really only like a few hot dog places in Seattle that I think do like the full Chicago dog. So I think that's a little harder to get. But, um, but you know, for the most part, it wasn't so hard to make. Yeah, yeah. And unlike other sandwiches that are closely associated with a city, like no one, maybe some people do, I don't know that you would argue like, oh, you can only get a good Chicago dog in Chicago. Like it's sort of a recipe that you can replicate elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and I think um, I was just going to talk about it in prep, but I'm like looking at the official recipe list and maybe we're looking at the same one. But the the key is the hot dog is not barbecued. The hot dog is either steamed or boiled. Like that's what it says in the ingredient list. And that's, you know, the way I have it. And I think the point of that is, like, so many things, like the Philly cheesesteak, it's like, oh, well, it's cooked in this specific, you know, this special, you know, range or whatever that has all the, there's wacky ways they do it, and, you know, there's all this expertise in it. Like, the main ingredient in this is, like, obviously an easy replicatable thing, a hot dog, which you can just buy in the store, and then you just, like, the actual means of cooking it is really simple and easy to replicate, so there's, it doesn't seem like any reason why this, like, like how Chicago could make it any more specially than anywhere else. Yep. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, so I think that like, well, it is regionally based, obviously. Like, I think that it's good that you can make it elsewhere. Um, I mean, I actually would like for you to explain to me this point about the um, the unhealthiness of it because I actually feel like it's just as unhealthy as a regular hot dog. And then like the stuff you're putting on is actually like, <laughs> like at least you're adding some vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Well, first, I'll just – the availability is just exactly the same. Like, for me, it's super available because the restaurant that makes it is really, really close to my house. But if not for that place, I, I, I don't know where I would go to get it because, you know, their hot dog stands, they're not like hot dog carts throughout San Francisco. Actually, there are a few in Golden Gate Park, but I don't know if – my guess is they don't have a Chicago dog just because it's got so many ingredients. So I, I think availability – outside of Chicago is going to be tough because it's going to require a specialty hot dog store. Like no doubt about it. Yeah. But, um, you know, to your point, and I think the, the prep point is really interesting. It's every ingredient in it. Like if you went to a local supermarket, there is a 100% chance they have every single ingredient. Right. There's nothing on there. That's like really hard to find. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll get into the health now. So, uh, there's a, a I've I've looked up online the Portillo's version of the Chicago dog, uh, which I looked at a picture of it, 
uh, probably not as large as the, the one I got, but probably a pretty similar to the one you would expect to make at home. And it comes in at 377 calories. So not that many calories. Fat, 20 grams of fat. Okay. You know, probably a lot of fat. But their particular version, no saturated fat. That's it. No trans fat, whatever. Cholesterol, 30 milligrams, which is 10% of your daily value. Whatever. No big deal. Carbohydrates, 38 grams, mostly from the bun. It's a lot, but not crazy. Protein, 12 grams. All right. You know, it's not great, but it's, you know, it's not horrible. But the real killer for this is the, the sodium content. Yeah, yeah, so I bet. So one, one Chicago dog is 99% of your uh, daily sodium intake. <laughs> it's true. You, you are, this is a little bit like the lox and bagel with the everything bagel. You're taking something salty and adding more salt to it. Yes, you take and you would like one of the ingredients is literally salt. In, <laughs> in, in it, in addition to you're like on top of all the salt. Let's put some salt on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it if you are on a low sodium diet or if you have some issue with your blood pressure or something or your heart, you should not eat this. But you should not be eating any hot dog. Like the hot dog is the problem. Everything on top of the hot dog is fine. Totally. Yeah, if you're having a hot dog, you know, yeah, no, I agree. And I'll tell you, the one thing I really like about this hot dog, and, you know, Tony brought this up in a sandwich court a long time ago, too, and it was not rebutted, but this is a sandwich that I eat at, like, 1 in the morning, and I normally go to sleep at, like, 2 in the morning or something, so this is something I'm eating right before bed. I wake up in the morning, no stomachache or anything like that. I think pickles... I think pickles really help aid in digestion. I think it's mm. a nice thing to have in there. I don't know why. I don't know what those pickles are pickling down there in the stomach, but I think it helps. And a hot dog itself, you know, all that sodium, probably not good for you. Almost certainly not. But I think the hot dog itself, it's not like, a, it's it's not that many calories. Like, I think it's just super salty, but it's actually not that heavy of a meal. And again, I think those, those veggies are like giving you a lot of fiber and stuff. So I, I really think... The sodium is a real problem, and I, I, I don't want to diminish that, but I think every other part of that, like, it's it's obviously not a healthy meal, but outside of the sodium, there's nothing unhealthy about it. So, you know, drink lots of water with it, and you're fine. Yeah. I, well, I think it might also be good after drinking, too, where you're, that sodium's like, keeping the water in you. Oh, interesting. I don't I mean, know. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how it works, but okay. okay. Any, any fan which is out there who actually understand anything about the human body, just let us know. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, look, I actually think that as far as as being an everyday sandwich, it's not so bad. I'm going to give it a – it's pretty good actually. I, I, I think other, other than the sodium, I think this is like an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10, wow. I mean, I think it is – this is not something you could have every day. But, but like even we were looking at the PB&J, and I think it's a really interesting question. Which is worse, the like massive amounts of sugar in the PB&J oh. or the massive amounts of sodium in this? I I mean, I mean I don't. Maybe maybe the like real answer is like well neither, but like, <laughs> but like, I you know to me it seems like like you should be opting for sodium and protein rather than just a like sugar bomb like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm supportive. I, I'm excited to see uh, what our fan witches think about <laughs> because everybody said it's it's unhealthy and and we'll see. Um, you know, later. Well, and in fact, let's just get right into the next section because, as I, you know, 
this unhealthiness was not something that um, it's just something that I read where everybody just talks about how unhealthy it is. And again, maybe sodium is really bad for you. I don't know. I think I'm not sure exactly how, how clear the science is on that. But let's just get into is this a first date sandwich? And look who's back. Oh, Rob is back now that we're not talking Game of Thrones anymore. Hey, guys. Sorry for dropping the ball the last two weeks. Been busy with golf coaching. He said oh. they're two-time state champs. Got to get that one in. But I'm back. The Chicago dog is also not a sandwich. Uh and a terrible first date choice. There are few choices worse than this. It's messy, it's unhealthy, and it ain't doing good things to your breath. There's hardly a situation where this is a good choice for a first date food. Even at a Cubs game, there are better options. I just don't see how this might help you. Rob's date rating, telling a new girl all your exes, quote, crazy bitches. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm i curious your dating opinion, but... I sort of have to think that Rob is like 100% right on this one. Yeah, he probably makes a good point. I think the Cubs game is actually a, is an interesting point that I, that I had not thought about. But I think a Cubs game might – it wouldn't be a good first date because it's just too long. But it might not be the worst third or fourth date. And I think when you're at the ballpark, it sort of becomes open season for people to like get these weird types of foods. So I feel like on a third or fourth date, if you're at, you know, Wrigley and you get a Chicago dog and bring it back to your seat, I I don't think it's the end of the world. But I think there are probably better choices. No, I mean, I actually think I I actually I agree with you. That probably is the one. It's funny that he like poo pooed it. But like that is the one actual circumstance where this probably is the right choice. Yeah. It's like. Like, if you were at a Cubs game or a White Sox game, I think this is more of a White Sox podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, Southland? Yeah, exactly. And if you didn't get a Chicago dog, like, that would be like a, you know, you know if you got a hot dog with ketchup on it, that would be weird. Oh, oh That'd boy. That'd be way worse. Yeah, the hot dog with ketchup would be significantly, significantly worse. I mean, the, the girl or guy or whoever it is should just walk out right there. Right. So if that's the case, like I, I actually think this is a good first aid sandwich. So that that gives me some some pause with this rating. But I think Rob's generally right. It's not a good first aid sandwich. I'm going to say because he opened up the door to this one circumstance where it probably would be right. Let's say two and a half out of ten. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a fair point. Uh, I mean, it, it's the unfortunate thing about the Chicago dog that I, I can't even deny. It's it's a messy hot dog. Like it's a messy it, hot dog. It has onions in it. I mean, look, yeah, look, yeah. Look for all for all of its positive attributes. Just not a, don't do it on a first date. That's all. Yeah, don't do it on the first date. And it, it is interesting if we do a more vague hot dog episode. I do. It will be interesting to see where just the normal hot dog will, will go on that scale. But but that is that's beyond the scope of this particular episode. Okay, here we go. the The meat of this particular bun of a podcast does the sandwich taste good. Does the sandwich taste good? Um, I don't know how much we should talk about this, but I, yeah, the answer is yes, it does. It's a good tasting sandwich. Right? I mean. Well, as a, as a hot dog enthusiast, somebody who's eaten a lot of hot dogs, and again, I don't want to get too much into um, every hot dog variant that might no, no, come I, up. No, I think you're right. There's, 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 there's like a VoIP question uh, or, or, uh, or a uh, VORP question, right? Yes. This. Like value yes. over replacement hot dog. Yes. Right? Like 
Okay, yes, all hot dogs taste good. Is this is this the best way to eat a hot dog? Yes. And I guess the answer to that is like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's fine. I mean, yeah. I don't know is better than because, you know, for example, if for me, having gone to this place and I've tried a variety of their hot dogs, like to me, the only things I would have in contention for the best hot dog right now with the probably eight or nine different hot dog variants I've had would be either a plain hot dog with ketchup or mustard that's barbecued or a Chicago dog. I think those are, to me, those are close, and I'm not sure exactly which way I would decide because I think they're just such different. But I've had so many other specialty hot dogs. I've had chili dogs. I've had, you know, the the weird, the banh mi dog, that kind of thing. Uh, all sorts of w- weird concoctions they have there. And to me, the Chicago dog, I mean, here's what it's combining. It's got the savory and saltiness of the hot dog itself. It's got the ju- juiciness of the tomato. It's got the, you know, the mustard, the sharpness of the mustard contrasting. It's got the peppers on there, which give you a little spice as you're eating it. It's got the mustard and relish, which are rather the onions and the relish, which I think are both just onions make everything better. They're just additive. And relish and the pickle give that abs- that crispness you get when you bite into the pickle with the hot dog is just I love it. Just the way it adds to the texture of every bite. And the pickle is so good because the pickle basically is a breast with the hot dog. So the pickle is just so easy to get one bite of pickle with, you know, every bite of hot dog. Yeah. I mean, I think the only question that I have with the taste is, is it, um, and I do think it's better just to judge this taste on its own, right? Like not because, because we didn't do a, a like solid comparison. Yes. Um, my one concern, this wasn't the taste, the case with either that I ate. So I didn't, so I didn't feel it, but like, but, but the thing I was worried about going into it is like, are you overwhelming the taste of the hot dog? Cause to me, hot dogs taste good. I'll, I mean, yeah. you see me, I'll just eat plain hot dogs with no bun, nothing, just yeah. a hot dog. Right. So are we overwhelming the taste of a hot dog by putting so much other stuff on it? And was this sort of like invented at a time when like, Hot dogs were like the gross entrails, <laughs> and so you're like trying to put other stuff around it. I mean, these are Great Depression hot dogs, so yeah, right. God knows what yeah. the hell they are. You're like, just please put some pickles next to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think with the particular dog I get, I don't think that's the case because they serve a really big hot dog to go with it. But I do think the ingredient sizes make a difference, especially, I would say, the pickle. Yep. I think if the pickle was too big... The pickle could definitely overwhelm the flavor have of the to, dog. I mean, I think actually that's the best point. You have to have a girthy hot dog. Yeah, or or I think a slim pickle because of all the other ingredients, what is the risk? Because you can absolutely control the onions. You can absolutely control the relish. Yeah. You can absolutely control the mustard. Um, tomatoes, you can, abs- you can cut them to whatever size you want. I think the only issue is if, you, if you've just got way too big a pickle to go with it. Yep. Yep, I think that's right. Uh, yeah, so I think this tastes great. I think it's a 9 out of 10. Tastes really 10. good Oof. to me. I love it. I love it. All right, is the sandwich a monster? I have not listened to this, but when Josh emailed it to me, the subject line was Chicago Dog Monstrosity. So, <laughs> And, I mean, we'll see how relevant, how much he talks about Chicago in his book. But here we go. 
uh fanwitch josh phd is the chicago dog a monster hey guys josh here i'm excited for the conclusion to the red meat republic uh drawing for the cutting board tonight not sure i'll be able to follow live but i am waiting anxiously to hear who wins and i'm a little jealous since i like it a lot um talking about the chicago dog this week you know i'm kind of more i'm pretty feeling pretty charitable towards this um one thing i like about this sandwich and i i do think it's a sandwich is that the meat isn't like the main show where it's not overwhelming it's all about the condiments you got the pickle on there you got the relish you don't got the ketchup the point though is that there's a lot more going on than a bunch of meat now while it is beef and i don't you know i've got my criticisms of beef Hot dogs are ultimately not that much meat, so that's good. Now, I could go on for a while about how hot dogs <laughs> oh, no. as a product are a bit monstrous, but hopefully you already know that. I'm thinking of the famous Simpsons clip where one of them is like imagining the hot dog, and it shows various animals, including a pigeon and a rat, that go to making the hot dog. Um, but, you know, you already know that. So on the monster scale, I'm going to have to rate the Chicago dog as just an imp. A little bit, a little mischievous, but not too bad. Okay. Okay. I love it. I mean, I mean, I, not really what I want to imagine, but, um, you know, that's fine. The hot dog is, of all the foods I eat, it is the one where it's just like, you've got to have the cognitive dissonance and just not think about whatever's in there. Though I will say, it is better if you're eating kosher hot dogs because there's, there's, there's a lot of body parts that you're not allowed to use in kosher food. Yeah, that's good. The, um, the, the particular hot dog place I get them from, you know, it is like some like, their hot dog supplier is like some fancy like farm or something. So I assume, you know, hopefully they don't have hooves in there, but I don't know what the hell's in I there. I mean, you're eating a lot of anus. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. I mean, look, I like uh, we were talking about before with uh, in one of the past episodes about rating it. It's clearly this the hot dog as a food is helping to use like all of the, the cow. So like on the whole, it's got to be good that the hot dog exists. No, absolutely. I mean. Josh had mentioned it, but I, but it, but that must be true. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's probably why he was so charitable towards it. Yeah, yeah. Look, this is not that monstrous. I actually agree with his point of like, if you're going to have a hot dog, like better to have a Chicago dog where you eat one than like a you know normal hot dog where you're going to have like three. Yeah. Um, both from a health standpoint, but also from a monstrosity and like environmental standpoint. So. I think this is pretty good. This is like a seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it's, it it really is true just from a volume perspective because, you know, all vegetables are just like, you know, they're just like filler in your body, but the, it makes you feel full, especially totally. with all that salt. Yeah, the Chicago dog, I just like, you know, before I was talking about, you know, pounding hot dogs. I, the concept of eating like yeah, would you ever Chicago have more dogs. than one Chicago dog? No, that's it. No. That's just yeah, that just exactly. seems insane. But if you're at a barbecue, you would totally have more than one hot dog, wouldn't you? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, two or three at minimum. All right, uh, here we go. One more category, Joe. Your favorite, everybody's favorite. The 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 takeout.com's favorite. The celebrity Bing search. I can takeout.com. Okay, so. When I um, when I searched for this on Bing, I got something about uh, Brian Tyree Henry uh, making a Chicago dog. I don't know who that is. That's not very exciting to me. Is he a football Mike- player? Uh, no, he's from a TV show. Oh. Uh, I he's from a show called Atlanta, which I've never watched. Oh not yeah, that's, that's a hot show. 
on FX Network. Um, I got a, a story about Michael Vick in Chicago, um, but he was there for a Humane Society charity event, which, you know, whatever. Uh, no comment on that. Um, Let's not say anything. Otherwise, it'll be another 45 seconds of bleep. <laughs> but I did look up most famous people from Chicago. I thought any of these people probably should have had a Chicago dog. And this is our first, in my opinion, our first regional-based sandwich, right, hmm. that we've done, isn't it? I, I mean, we've, we've you know, famously done, talked about the Elvis sandwich as the first celebrity-based yes. one. But then, we, but then we did the Hillel. And, and then I, I, there weren't many. You know, I think Hillel and Elvis might be the only ones. Now, there are going to be other ones. Philly cheesesteak, for instance. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, but I, I do. Yeah, there aren't many of them, and this is this is certainly the first one we've done. Yeah, even like a pastrami on rye, I'd say is like a very like New York sandwich, right? But, but like, it doesn't have New York in the name. That's true. It's that's, that's true. It doesn't have New York in the name. Okay, so now uh, I think you could say a New York style hot dog, which I think would just be you can imagine the ones that come out of the cart, but it's not the same. You know, it's it's not. There's not like an ingredient list. There's not a way to prepare it. It's just like the almost the simplest version of the hot dog. Right, right, right. Okay, so uh, I am going to tell you. So, who, who do you think is the most famous person from Chicago? Hmm. I'm going to give you some choices. Okay, Hillary Clinton. I didn't even know uh, she was from Chicago. Not have guessed that. Michelle Obama. Okay. John Cusack. Okay. Sort of a step down there. Harrison Ford. I and mean, that's pretty big. Robin Williams. Yeah. Kanye West. Ooh, Jenny wow. McCarthy. Ooh. Bernie Mac. Jennifer Beals. Common. Wow. wow. Hugh Hefner. Come on. Oof. Walt Disney. Okay. I mean, that's got to be the winner, right? Wow. Well, like, Disney I mean, owns all of media right now. It's true. Disney probably owns this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We sold it to them. Uh, in exchange for uh, what did we get back? Some some Mickey Mouse ears for my kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is by far the the best deal possible we could get for this thing. <laughs> it's a great deal. Uh, yeah. So you know, it's interesting. My point is, when you have a regional based sandwich, sort of like the city itself is the celebrity. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, I do. You, I. You were zigging where I thought you were zagging. I thought you were going to tell me that, like, Michelle Obama pounds Chicago dogs all the time or something. I don't something. know. Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. But but if she's eating a hot dog, it's probably a Chicago-style dog. Yeah. I mean, here, question I'll ask you, and this is a legitimate question. Do you think Michelle Obama, growing up in Chicago, has eaten more than, like, 30 Chicago dogs in her life? Uh, I mean, I would have to say there's a 100% chance she has. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, is there, like, has she had, like, 100 Philly cheesesteaks or, like, 100, uh, you know, Utsmajers? <laughs> well, I mean, I think probably, like, most of your life on the campaign trail is eating regional food. So probably, oh. but, like, uh, but maybe not the the Utsmajers. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe she's had one on on their trip to Denmark or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The point I'm saying is like, yes, no, no. I, 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 I agree with your point, and that's the thing with a regional sandwich is that like, if I'm if I'm at Michelle Obama's house and she's like, let's have hot dogs, I'm not reaching for the ketchup. Yeah, 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 yep. 
Boy, we are really in sync this episode, Joe. So I think, you know, these, these regional base, I'm sure we'll all feel the same about the Philly cheesesteak. We'll go through who the top Philly celebrities are. But I think this is like, uh, you know, for not having a great single celebrity story, just like a 7 out of 10. 7 out Solid of 10. Score. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. This is exciting. For the first time ever. We're taking a Chicago dog and we're putting it on Super Fan J's cutting board that I'm looking at it right now. The cutting board right now has a um, what flavor of LaCroix is that? I believe that's a oh, coconut flavored LaCroix, two work gloves, and a paint can opener. So Super Fan J, definitely make sure to give it a, <laughs> a good wash uh, before use. But it's right over there. Now we're imagining a Chicago dog on top of it. Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to make an argument to you, Joe. Then you will decide whether the Chicago dog goes on the menu for consideration as our favorite sandwich or whether it gets thrown in the compost heap, out of the running, never to be thought of or discussed again. Okay, I'm ready. Chicago dog... More like, I'm not in a fog about this dog because it should go straight from this monologue onto the catalog, i.e. the menu. Because, Joe, I mean, this is, a, this is a sandwich I eat every week, so it's obvious that I love it. But I think everything we've learned about this just adds to it. This Even it got Josh's seal of approval. It's using the parts of the pigeon and the God knows what part of the cow that nobody wants to eat. And yet, when mixed with all of these ingredients, you know, I said in the intro, is this a hot dog that's just too complicated for its own good? Or all these ingredients really working in unison to make a delicious sandwich? And to me, it is absolutely the latter. And even going through this episode, when you talked about you being able to make this sandwich just with ingredients that you just have around the house, it's amazing. It's it. I think that itself throws out the idea of, oh, this is too complicated. Oh, who could have this? This is a finely tuned list of ingredients to make, I think, a delicious and iconic sandwich that has absolutely stood the test of time. It's almost been around for 90 years, and I think it's going to be around for 90 more. Put this baby onto the catalog, i.e. the menu. All right, I mean, are people ordering sandwiches from home and getting them in the mail? Maybe, I think so. That exists, <laughs> right? You can order steaks like that. Well, yeah, we should really get an Omaha Steak sponsorship. Ooh, we could do like a sandwich of the month club. <laughs> we should absolutely do that. But we mail, but we mail it to people with with zero thought for refrigeration. <laughs> I wonder just, what a Chicago dog. Would, maybe we should. Maybe that should be like uh, one of our recurring segments where I just make a Chicago dog, just put it in the regular mail, send it to you, and then you open it live on the podcast oh, to see what's in there. I mean, maybe that's a category. Does it? <laughs> How does it how does it fare in the US Postal Service? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it, Joe. I look at so many ideas. Let's let's And no put matter that what one... condition it comes in, I have to eat it. That's the catch. <laughs> did it let's make put that me... one in the catalog for twenty twenty. <laughs> did it make me violently ill? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll do that for uh for the playoffs. That's what we'll do. How no, does it <laughs> how does it keep in the mail? Uh I'll just make like all twenty sandwiches, just put them all in just in individual Ziploc bags and just ship it to you and just see what, what happens. Dan, you know, you've had a tough run of Dan pick sandwiches. Don't remind me. 
I feel like you made quite a comeback this week because this sandwich was great. I have a pun all lined up. I have a pun ready. It's in the hopper. All right. You ready for it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pre- if you're getting my hopes up just to dash them, though, then I really am going to be in a fog. Well, I would say, Dan, my pun would be, I never sausage a great sandwich. <laughs> get it? Sausage? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> okay. And I read about the history in our hot dog episode. It'll be very interesting when I talk about how the sausage became the hot dog, but not for this episode. So, but I'm not going to put this on the menu, Dan. What? Let me tell you why. I You've think this got needs- my hopes up and dashed listen, my dreams. Listen, listen, I think the Chicago dog, just for a week, needs to go back on the broiling pan. Woof. Because let me tell you why. This, this hot dog was on its way toward the menu. But then our conversation got me thinking, gosh, there's a lot of different regional hot dogs. Is oh this my the God. best regional hot dog? Wait a second. What are other regional? I, actually, I, I really like a Seattle dog, too. So there's the Seattle dog. There's, there's, there's like the Cincinnati chili dog. That's true. That's there's true. There's what I would call the New York style dog, which is different than what you were saying, which is you put sauerkraut on it. Ah, it's a sauerkraut that's right. No, and you're spicy, right. You're right. Sauerkraut and spicy mustard. You're so, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, okay, so I don't, I don't know how many, sauce, how many hot dogs you can eat um, in a week, <laughs> but a Seattle dog. Okay. A New York dog. Okay. The funny, the good thing is uh, the, the particular place I go literally has all of these on their menu. So this is actually easy for me. A, I, a Cincinnati dog. I've actually, the funny thing is, I've eaten all of these hot dogs because in my quest to find a hot dog that I could eat super late at night, at one point I thought, oh, sauerkraut, that's probably good for digestion. So I've had the New York dog. And yeah, it's like sauerkraut and a lot of mustard. And then I've had the Seattle dog because the Seattle dog has like um, cream cheese. And I was like, cream cheese will be good late at night. Uh, it, it's not. Don't the Seattle dog's no good. The New York dog. The Seattle dog's well, actually a surprise. Well, we're going to talk heavy. about it all next week. So, so you may not like it, but maybe it's my favorite. Well, can I can I counter counter you here? This Count. is a lot of hot dogs to eat in one week. It's three three hot dogs. That's not so bad. And I have to have a Chicago dog again, or I don't have to. Well, no. I mean, we we. I'm trusting our one week old memory of what a Chicago dog tastes like. Okay, so Seattle dog, New York dog, and the chili dog. Unless right, well, you have one you want to add to that. I mean, like, that seems like, like, I mean, like, I'm, I, you know, you know, I'm looking online. There's an Alaska dog. There's a California dog. But, like, all those are garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could just also have a plain dog. Or, or do you just not want to also compare it to just, like, plain no, ketchup right. and Let's mustard? No, you're right. Let's have a plain, just base, baseline hot dog. Oh, my God. That's four hot dogs in a week. Well, the you problem have, is this place has giant hot dogs, so. But you can make some at home. You've, you've probably had four four hot dogs in a single barbecue, Dan. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't even know why I'm worried about it. Like, when I eat the hot dogs, it make, doesn't make me feel unhealthy at all. I feel, I feel fine. I'm just like, when I see that. But I don't know. It's sodium even bad for you? I don't know. Okay. I'm sure it's not good. Uh, no, it's not good. No, no. I mean, if you're someone who has issues with blood pressure, it's not good for you. But if your blood pressure is fine, then you're fine. Okay. So if I understand this correctly, and, I, and I'm 
I'm trying to understand this. So earlier in this episode, we said if Tottenham wins, we're going to do a special Tottenham-themed episode next week. So is that off the table? I mean, luckily, luckily, Tottenham Hotspur are famous for their love of hot dogs. (laughs) Wow. No wonder they have such a great, big American following. Okay. So you are telling me, and you said this was on the way to the menu. So I can only assume Well, and it's good because, you know, next week is sort of like a, a... a special episode anyway we're just going to be saying what is the best regional hot dog that's the question we're answering next week okay so this is this is a new version of the sandwich lab yep well okay since you're doing this are you going to guarantee me that you're going to prepare each of these at home uh no i will eat them all i can't guarantee i'll prepare them all i will i will have one of each in some kind of controlled setting okay okay Boy, I'm going to be going to this hot dog place so often. I went there twice this week to get Chicago dogs. Now I'm going to be getting four separate hot dogs. Oh, my God. Okay. So, but you're promising me. Because as you said, it sounded to me like the Chicago dog made the cut for the menu. You were just concerned, well, maybe there's a dog better than this. And I don't want to, you know, maybe there's a hot dog slot. And you're saying, why waste, you know, why put three hot dogs on the menu if I know what the best hot dog is, obviously there's no reason to have a subpar hot dog on the menu. Correct. Correct. And there's other things like there's other hot dog categories that I'm not including. This is really thinking about regional hot dogs. Like we're not going to try a corn dog. We're not going to try a bagel dog. We might do those episodes down the road. Bagel dog? Yeah. You know, we might get crazy. Is that a sandwich? Look, three years from now, who knows what we'll be talking about. Okay. Well, all right. So – We'll all be eating our – we'll be living in space eating our sandwich pills. <laughs> well, we'll rate those. Yeah, that'll – it'll turn out that's the winner. Just the, the standard 200 milligram sandwich pill. Blue 35 uh, <laughs> sandwich pill is, is amazing. But so is it good. a monster? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't want to know what goes in there. The secret ingredient, Joe? It's it, aliens. It's, it's cow anus still. <laughs> Okay, uh, so not, no menu. That means no wheel spin. The only wheel spin was the uh, contest wheel spin. That's right. Uh, congratulations to Superfan J. I hope he was watching live because the way the wheel works, there's no like replay or anything. So if you were watching live, nobody has any idea what happened. But after this episode posts, just in case Superfan J, did anybody, I mean, I assume nobody posted on the Reddit and watched it and started celebrating. Yeah, okay. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know why I even checked that. That was obviously not happening. But anyways, um, so that's it. So there's no wheel spin. Um, Everybody at home. And if you you live in a place with a regional hot dog that you think is better than the ones we chose, I mean, I'm sorry because we're not going to eat more than four hot dogs in a week. Well, how about this, Joe? This is going to be a a big big little – wrench in the not a wrench what's the opposite of like a wrench in the wheel like if it were good it's like like oil on the wheel yeah lubing up the wheel perfectly (laughs) this could be some lube on the wheel fanwich tony is coming to town all week this week oh my god so i think maybe we'll just go this is perfect i'll just go to the hot dog place with tony i'll get all four of these dogs we'll cut them in half and that way, Tony and I are each just eating two hot dogs. And Tony, a Cincinnati native, boy, he'll, well, you know. And what I'm so excited about, Dan, with Tony, this is also Tony-related. So 
when I say a chili dog, I'm talking specifically about Cincinnati style chili dog. Which yeah, that's Skyline Chili. And and Tony bought me as a gift two cans of Skyline Chili, which I've I've I have not known what to do with. <laughs> Are they still good? I, I don't think they go bad. They're like it's a can. I mean, I'll check. All right, very nice. So you're. You're going to make an authentic, and this is perfect. Tony will be in town. He'll tell me if I'm having, if the variant they make is authentic enough for him. And if not, we'll have to go into the sandwich lab, make our own. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, that's exciting. Uh, We already did the lunch pail earlier on when, you know, I I love it. You know, Fanwit Sean is, is on are like in charge of our beef with the takeout.com. So we're, we're going to have to give him a title in terms of like head of our uh, ops department. He's, against he's, the takeout. he's like the sergeant at arms. He's like protecting us. <laughs> it's a dangerous position. It is. It is. I mean, his, his, his watch has not ended <laughs> in case anything goes wrong in this podcast. He's got to take the fall. Yep. If I didn't bleep out that whole portion about abortion, that was his fault. He'd be going down. Yep. All right. Uh, Time to put the buns away until next week. And and next week we'll even be getting more buns. Joe Picks the Sandwich, part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network. Just now all of our podcasts go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash JoePicks. If you want to talk about what we got right or wrong with Chicago Dog, or if you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, the Seattle Dog, New York Dog's Chili Dog, Plain hot dog and Chicago dog. Leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at joepixpod.com. Yeah, maybe we should put up a poll and see what the uh, fanwitches think about the various dogs. Yeah, I'd love to hear their favorite. Yeah, favorite their regional. Thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Special thanks to Fanwitch Josh for research. His book, Red Me Republics, on bookshelves everywhere. It's available to buy on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Thanks to Fanwitch Jeff, doer of research, laureate of music for the theme song, and Fanwitch Julia, second of her name for the logo. Leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store so others can find this podcast. Joe, see you next week. See you, Dan.